This is Phil with The Voice Party. This week's episode has been brought to you by All Roads Overhead's Garage Door. Let's be honest, this is the Bay Area. If you even got a garage, you're doing pretty well for yourself. So if you want to upgrade your life, why not start what matters most? The garage door. Upgrade your garage door today and upgrade your life. Mm. All Roads Overhead Garage Doors. 510-375-8756. Upgrade your life today. Don't move it while I'm recording. Whatever you do, don't bang it. Yeah. Should I spill my mimosa on it? Because we have. Uh, Should I spit on it? No. As long as you're not doing that, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. This is what our other co-host does, and he's not here now. Okay. For a reason. For a reason. He's been fired. He (laughs) kicked him out. Yeah. He's fucking with our sound. (laughs) (laughs) No, he thought I was gonna be the guest, and he's like, "I'm not coming in." (laughs) Um, He's he's uh. He'll be back. He's he's doing a theater play right now. What's his name? His name is Gaspar. You might know him too, Gaspar, Gaspar. Bernal. That's a very unique name. He it went is. to Contra Costa as he well. Did, he did. Who didn't? <laughs> you did? No, I went to Richmond High. I knew. But did you go to Contra Costa after uh, high school? I did for a semester. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was it. I mean, right? Who right. didn't? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else to do is hear that or games. I feel like you're not from here if you didn't do at least a semester. That's true. Contra Costa. Or at least, you know, had a, had sex with someone there. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. Lose your virginity. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. I, I feel like I can't hear myself. Yeah, let me turn your game up. Oh, okay, okay. All right. Is that better? Testing, testing. Very, testing one, good. two, three. Testing. All right. Testing, is. testing. Three, two, one. One, two, three, four. Can you say something, JD? Say something. Oh, there we, oh, there we go. Oh, beautiful. I have a beautiful voice. Wow, you, you really do. Thank you. Thank you. I think you should quit podcasting and become a singer. You know what? <clears throat> I thought about singing, like, so I sing in my car at night. Okay. Not the, during the day where people no, can see you. Yeah, no. Smart. And I did it once. Like, I did it once. You know what? I don't give a fuck, dude. <laughs> I, I'm going to just sing. And, and, and an old man pulled up next to me and he looked at me and I got real embarrassed. So I just pulled out my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I like I was talking because I'm shy when it comes to singing. I've sang... I've sang in front of one person, and she said, "You sound beautiful." And I was like, Ooh, and then you lost your virginity. And then, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. welcome and then to the voice party. <laughs> she was very. She let ge- you hit it. <laughs> he was very gentle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Can we hear a little tune? No, 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 no. I, I, I think I, that your intro to the podcast should be you singing. Ooh, I think that would be very personal. I think he should sing. You should sing a song since you're a singer. He's a rapper, but he can sing. <laughs> Let's all sing a song. Fuck it. What do you want to sing? Um, Let me just think a little bit more because I'm fucking doing. <laughs> I mean, it's the Christmas season. Do we? Um, wanna... Well, I've been told I sound exactly like Mariah Carey, so really? um, we should oh, sing shit. "All I Want for Christmas Is You." Yes. Let's do it. I can't. I can't sing a cappella though. I need like. Yeah. Somebody put it on their phone. Who has it? Both of my phones are currently on. I actually have a terrible voice. We Just to warn you guys, it's oh, pretty bad. Let me see if I can find an instrumental version it of it. We could. We could. Hold on. Let me see if I can find an instrumental version of it. It'd be so cool. While he looks for the song, and I, have, I have to ask you a question. In the holiday season, do you are, are you working a lot less because people aren't buying houses? Do the people buy houses in this time of the year? Some people much? do. Yeah. So it slows down a lot in the winter. Um, a lot of realtors get really tired and worn out from the year, start taking breaks, start taking vacations. Okay. Um, 
I've actually had a lot of luck and success in the winter. Mm. Um, like my first year, I closed like a few deals in the winter and my best friend was like, you're like the winter agent. You should go by that because nobody else is closing anything and you're out here like still hustling. Um, right now I'm working a lot, um, but that's because I'm planning a vacation for the day after Christmas and I'll be off for two weeks straight. So I wanna try not to work as much as possible during the, that time. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard when you can work from anywhere because like as long as I have my phone and my computer I can do my job yeah, yeah. Um, which is great because it means I can travel and still get stuff done and make money but it's also bad because then when you travel you keep working um, true. so you never really get a real break so are you exclusive to one area or do you um, so I cover pretty much all of the East Bay but I mostly focus um, between like Hayward Castro Valley all the way up to Vallejo mm -hmm. that entire stretch my mom lives in Vallejo, so I feel like comfortable there. Um, the price point is a little bit easier for people. And then I will go through the tunnel, like Concord. Still affordable, right? Yeah, it's still, it's, it's still I mean, yeah. affordable. Yeah. It's like the prices that Richmond used to be, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you could get like a really awesome house for like 400000 in Vallejo. I noticed that because a lot of my friends that are buying houses are buying in those areas, mm -hmm. you know? And, and just down the street, I forgot what the name of the show is. One of those... Um, it's one of those remodeling TV shows. It's literally a few houses down. Oh, it sold for a million. Oh, something. yeah, you yeah. It was about? um, it was the brothers. The yeah, um, the brothers. Yeah, I've, I don't know their names. I don't watch. Their yeah, show, you know but what I'm talking about. Exactly. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that house is just yeah. That was block. crazy. Yeah. So if you wanted to go and tour that house, because of course I was like, whoa, that's cool. I should go and see it. Right. You have to like sign up and get on a list and like schedule a viewing, and it's like a little bit more complicated. And I was like, I don't have any clients to buy this house. Yeah, like, no, yeah. Whoever's gonna buy that is gonna way overpay for it. Just because it was on TV, it's kind of crazy. Definitely not millennials, right? Millennials aren't buying houses, are they? Well, I mean, we, we can't afford to buy houses. We, can't afford, <laughs> yeah. we no. aren't here, but like across the country, we are the biggest. We are like going to mm. be the biggest in 2020, I think. Um, okay. Yeah. Because everyone else is dying. But here, yeah, everyone else either already owns a home or they're like dead. So goodbye, yeah. boomer. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Um, yeah. No, here millennials are struggling, but it's it's interesting because. I'll meet young people who like have these really random jobs in the city and they just have a shit ton of money. Yeah. Sorry, can I curse? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yeah, and they just, they have a lot of money. Like they're not getting bad loans. Like they're not, um, since, you know, what happened in the crash in 08, like the law has been like, yeah. you know, super yeah. strict and like loan officers can't just give loans to anybody. So these people can actually afford these crazy expensive, like $1.2 million houses. And I'm like, you're really young. What do you do? And it's just some random work at some, you know, well, they I sell work at apples Uber. on the side. Yeah. You know? <laughs> They're like, I started a startup. Um, it's an Apple mm. delivery service. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Apple, like the computer. They're like, no, the fruit. No, like Granny Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Granny Smith, Fuji. <laughs> the one Adam and Eve made famous. <laughs> so, okay, with, with that, that, what was it, 08 when that happened? Because my parents lost their house. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah because of that. Yeah. And, to be honest, I don't know exactly what happened. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, they were kind of just giving loans out to anybody. Uh -huh. So it was like to people who should not be buying houses at right, that time. Because right. um, when you get a loan, you want to make sure that you can afford those monthly payments, even if something happened to your job or whatever. Um, so you need to have like a lot in reserves. You need to like, there's just a lot that goes into it. Um, so they were giving loans out to like anybody, like strippers were getting loans and they don't even have like, um, they don't have like qualified income, right? You can't see it yeah. on a tax. They're getting paid 
dollars at the strip club um and then they're buying houses with those dollars um which you can't do that like you need it needs to be written down on paper you need to have your tax returns like you need to be able to show proof of income for the last like two years um credit they were like giving it out to people who weren't qualified credit wise a lot of illegal Um, immigrants were buying houses yeah it's crazy yeah yeah Yeah. no paperwork whatsoever yeah fake names yeah just (laughs) fake names fake jobs like whatever you write on this paper will believe you like i could go in there and be like i make like three hundred thousand dollars a year and they'd be like cool here's a house like it was like you get a house and you get a house it's like the oprah winfrey show or something (laughs) um just throwing out loans like they're did that kind of uh, i don't know how to explain it did it kind of scare our in our generation uh home buyers for sure yeah yeah everybody's a lot more weary and it not i mean not only did it scare like home buyers home sellers but also like the people who work in the industry realtors loan officers i mean a lot of people got out of the business at that time because they were that's all they knew how to do was to give out crappy loans um so then a lot of people lost their jobs and it was just like a total shit show yeah um but there are other people who really succeeded during that time like one of my colleagues she got in the industry right as all that was happening um and she just adjusted to what needed to be so people are expecting you know the market goes up and down up and down people are expecting that soon there's going to be a sort of down market um and everybody's like freaking out again because they're like what's going to happen like last time and people are going to lose their houses and i'm like no these people have a ton of money they can afford it um also the laws are super more strict the market's not going to crash as much as it did like people Mm. are waiting for that downturn because then they think they're going to buy a lot of property like people just really wised up um and i think people are paranoid like when i sit down with them they're like scared about what could happen and i'm like as long as you have a stable job and you know that you could make a living you will be okay if you can ride out that downturn because as soon as the market goes back up your house is going to be way more it's going to be worth more than what you bought it for as long as you can hold it so i'm like if you think you're gonna move or lose your job like in the next five years like maybe buying a house isn't for you but if you feel really stable and you think you could hold on your house for five to eight years you're gonna ride any any up and down that that'll come your way you know what i mean with with that also i mean because you have to gain their so i used to do door-to-door sales for Comcast. Boo. Asshole. I, I know. What I a know. jerk. I know, dude. Get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> I got the cops calling me a lot. Salespeople have a stigma of, you know, crooks. Yes. So that's, yeah. 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 No one, nobody wants to be sold to, including no. salespeople. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like we know too that, <laughs> like technically I am a salesperson. Yeah. That's what I do. Right. I sell real estate. But it's very personal because this is my house. It's super personal. Like this is your home. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How, I have a trouble with I have trouble with words. English is my second language. I don't even know why the fuck I podcast. No, no. <laughs> you want to do this in Spanish? No, 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 no. Oh, you speak Spanish? Hell no. Oh, okay. I wish. Wait, what are you? I know this is off I'm topic. Mexican. Yeah, you're Mexican. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but I yeah I don't speak I Spanish, but Filipina. I wish I I wish I really. Yeah. Ooh. Well, because when I first met you, you were with someone who's filipino oh so you were being racist okay that's cool yeah yeah. you see see. (laughs) what generation american are you a second second yes so my grandmother had um seven kids in mexico she moved to america and left those children in mexico Mm -hmm. and then she had another seven here in america my mom was included in that american batch Mm -hmm. um she raised her kids in san diego and um 
they had a hard life. They were super poor. They got made fun of because they were Mexican. Um, they just struggled a lot. And there was a lot of them. Um, and so when my mom and all her American siblings grew up, they were like, we're going to Americanize our children. They're never going to get bullied. They're never going to, you know, they're going to fit in in this society. And so we kind of lost our culture there um, a little bit. And so me and all of my cousins in our generation, none of us speak Spanish. And it's just, it's pretty sad. But you eat the food. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. We eat um, <laughs> That's what matters. tamales for uh, Christmas <laughs> okay. Eve and then pozole okay. on Christmas. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That's one thing about the U.S. is, is we tend to embrace the, the culinary uh, cultural tidbits from people coming from immigrants coming over. And I love it, man. You can't find a single person that's like, I don't like Mexican food. Yeah, everybody, like, it's good food. It's good. It's delicious. Yeah. You know? Um, and if anybody kicks up a huge storm about, you know, folks, I always say, look, if, if do, you, do you like pozole or not? Then shut up. Quit complaining. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, this is true. I was going to say this. Okay. I'm on an empty stomach <laughs> and I'm a lightweight. Earlier, I was thinking of a question and it just like, oh, shit. I'm okay. Feeling, I'm feeling it. So I apologize for that. <clears throat> what I was going to ask you is, you did mention um, like the economy coming or a crash, right? Is that what you said? Like a, it's coming, right? We call, you, it, we call it a down market. A down market. That's a nice. That's, that's a, a nice a, way to put it. PC <laughs> a word for it. <laughs> I you, mean, I don't even like the word down market because I'm like, it's just, it's going to be a little bit more buyer friendly. Yeah. Like right now, it's all about sellers. Like sellers have the the upper hand all the time. Um, even if you have like a crappy property, like mm. you're still going to do really well on it. Um, and peeps, um, agents who represent sellers haven't had to sell the property because it will sell. Like, right. and here in the in the East Bay, it's like 14 days on the market and it's sold. Um, so for me, I'm like, it's not really a down market. It's just gonna it's gonna shift to being more buyer friendly, where people can actually um, take a little bit longer to make their decision on whether they want to buy the property. Um, they have more time to do inspections. Like this just, it's just a better all around, mm -hmm. um, in my opinion. And I think when, but then again, I represent a lot of buyers, right? So that's, I'm like, that's a good thing. Like if buyers can start affording to buy here, if the people who I grew up with, or, um, even the people who migrated here from other places are getting these jobs and they think they're going to make a lot of money but they don't understand like the cost of living here um and they're going to struggle as well even if they moved here from another state to like get this amazing job in the city and um you know you're in the tech industry and you're like yeah this is gonna be great and then you move here and you're like whoa it's really freaking expensive to to live here so i think those people are gonna the door will be open for them to get into the market i'm hoping is this the best area to to do what you do like, um, is this, I mean, to make more money or is I it think a, it's all relative because um, so I do a lot of like traveling for real estate. And so I get to meet a lot of amazing realtors all over the country. And um, I love talking about their markets because it's so different. And we're like, mm -hmm. wow, that's how you guys do things. It's crazy. Um, so purchase price wise. Yes, because we have like such a high price point here. Mm -hmm. So I make more on on each deal than they would on their deals. Right. right? So we're doing the same amount of work, but I'm getting paid more. Um, but my deals are few and far between where they're getting, they're closing a lot more business. Um, so it all kind of evens out. Also our cost of living here is more expensive. So yeah. I might be getting paid more on each deal, but I'm spending way more for my rental than they are for their mortgage right, on their right. huge five bedroom house. Right. Yeah. So it's all kind of relative and it goes, I think it falls more into like what your lifestyle is and, um, and that will help you like decide like what is, what is a better market to work in. 
Um, so I don't think that there's any difference. Like I think I could go move anywhere in the country and I could sell there and I would be fine. Yeah. Um, because it's I would I would make less money, but I would have to spend less money to have the same sort of lifestyle. So and I can see it being harder to sell stuff around here when you said it is so expensive it's, and it's really competitive. So yeah. like people because the because you can make a lot in it, people jump into it, and so we have so much competition. Um, I think we also have a huge range between like a crappy realtor and an amazing realtor. Like we have all of that here right. um, because it's it's easy to get in. It's super easy to get your license. Um, really? You take a few classes. You take okay. three classes and you take an exam That's and then it. you get licensed. Oh, really? I mean, it takes a while just because the classes and, and then this, um, the system is a little bit slow. So they take a few months to even give you your exam date. Um, but it's really, it's not rocket science. That's easier than being a lawyer. <laughs> and you're making pretty and we, decent oh, money like lawyers. That's a good point. We're right. We actually write legal contracts. Like this is a license yeah, yeah. that helps us write legal contracts. Although we're not a lawyer, um, so it's it's crazy. Like my broker used to be a lawyer, and then he was like, "Screw this! Like this is really hard, and I'm not like making as much money, and I'm like on everybody else's time schedules. Like I'm just gonna become like a realtor." Yeah. And so he makes a really good realtor because he knows all the legal mumbo jumbo like the back of his hand right because he studied law so it is kind of crazy to me that we are writing these legal contracts and we are not lawyers so um there are other states where you have to um the deal has to be done by an attorney um so i i would be happy if the bar was set a little bit higher and it was a little bit more difficult to get in because then we wouldn't have to deal with agents on the other side who aren't as prepared right. and competent um so there's just a huge range in our industry, and it's really it's really interesting. You gotta hustle. You gotta hustle. That's the yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, it's easy yeah, to get it's in. Yeah, it's so competitive. Gotta, like yeah. I'm still even if I think that you know I can do better or I can represent my clients to a higher standard than some other realtors, the general population doesn't understand the difference because you don't know what goes into everything, right? right? So you're going into it blind. Um, somebody is helping you and representing you and you don't know whether they're good or bad or what like you have no idea until after the deal's done then you're like well that was hard you know <laughs> that was that seemed harder than it needed to be or that was a breeze you know so it's just what's the longest well, you, you oh go ahead. I, I was gonna say you know at iop video um we make things pretty we have a similar <laughs> or any video production unit there's a similar situation uh most customers first things they ask you is well, what kind of camera are you shooting? Are you shooting on 4K? Is it uh, how high tech is it? Is the latest thing? <laughs> is, it, is it on a gimbal? You got gimbals, and the thing that most of them don't understand is having the most advanced camera is fine, but that it's what doesn't. You do with it. It's what you do with it. Do you know your angles? Do you understand how to mix audio for a commercial? If if the person holding the camera doesn't know what he's doing, then you could have the cleanest of pictures, but it could still be garbage. That is so true. Uh, it's okay. So there's like this huge industry that sells to real estate agents um, because we love to buy crap. We have the money to spend on it and we think it's going to help our business. Um, but I don't spend a lot of money on my business at all because I'm like, it's not the systems that are going to make me. It's what I do with what I'm given and what I, what I can afford to, to provide. Um, so there's all these like back stuff like, you know, task managers and like client relationship managers and like all these things that help you be a better realtor. Um, it's really important to use those systems, but it's also important not to rely on them because like you're saying, it's not the camera, it's the person behind it, right? What they do with it. Um, 
you also get realtors like jumping brokerages a lot when they're like, I'm not doing well. I think I should leave this company. This is so bad, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's not, it's probably not the company. Like, it's probably you. Like, it's, yeah. you need to like get your stuff together. Like, you need to just be better. Because <laughs> if someone's succeeding in it, in it they're going to be fine no matter where they go because right, it is like yeah. an individualized business. Yeah. It's not, you know, nobody works with me because of where, I'm, what brokerage I'm with. You guys mm-hmm. don't know. I mean, maybe you guys know. Do you know the difference between like Keller Williams and Sotheby's? Does that mean anything to you? Probably no. not. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, no, what are you, are those places? What is that? Yeah. So it, I just pay my rent every yeah. month. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure go. the lights stay on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what I was going to ask you is you were recently, I don't know if recently though, this year, right? The mm-hmm. 30 under 30. Yeah. Oh, so what fun. Is, I, want, I want you to talk about so that. Cause amazing. I, I don't know what that is. So I, I explain that. Yeah. A lot of people don't. And honestly, it probably doesn't matter to most people, but mm-hmm. in our industry, it's like really highly respected and it's, it's a huge honor. Mm-hmm. Um, so every year, Realtor Magazine, um, in conjunction with like our National Association of Realtors and like, there's like this whole behind the scenes, like political stuff that goes on with real estate. Um, a lot of it is like boring to the normal person, but like I really nerd out on this stuff. So um, every year they release uh, 30 realtors under the age of 30 in the country who are just like killing it, giving back to the community, like doing really well in their business. Maybe they have like a really special story or they're unique or like, there's something about them that makes them like one of the top 30 realtors under the age of 30. Um, so I got this this year. Um, I'm 29. I had one more chance to get it. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, it was something I really wanted. My broker told me about it like as soon as I got licensed. Um, and he's like, you're going to get this. And then I'm like, yeah, I am going to get that. Okay, what do I need to do? Like, let me start working on this. Um, so basically they announced the 30, um, you know, you get hundreds and hundreds of applicants. They narrow it down to a hundred and then you have people vote. Um, and then, um, whoever gets the top vote, they're the only person guaranteed a spot in the top 30. The other 29 are selected by, um, a group of, uh, experts in, in this industry or whatever. They're selected by a committee. Um, so I made it to that 30. That was awesome. Um, the cool nice. thing about it is like being connected with all of these other realtors around the country. So this has been going on for 20 years. They've had this um, kind of you know honor. And, and so every year there's like a conference you can go to where you meet up with the other 30s that have won this like at some point in their lives. Um, so now you got people who won it 20 years ago and they're like, I started a company. I make like, you know, a million dollars a year. I like, they're like, killing it right and i'm like in the room feeling like what the heck am i doing here like how did i get here and it was awesome because then somebody stood up and they were like if you're in this room and you're wondering why you're here because everybody else seems so much more amazing than you like don't worry you're here for a reason like this is a very select group of people and we saw something in you and that's why you're here like don't doubt yourself and then i was like oh i'm so glad they said that because i was like should i sneak out the back like this is crazy (laughs) why am i here like what can i provide to this group right Cause, but I'm a newbie, right? So I'm just, I'm just getting into it, but I look forward in the future and I'm like, yeah, I would come to this 20 years from now and I would help whoever's like coming up below me. And I want to like make the industry better and I want to leave this a better place than I found it. So it's a really great group of like, just amazing. Like if I had any like questions on what I should do in my business or if I was looking to start a company or whatever, those are the people I would go to. Um, so now I kind of feel like I have these mentors like all over the country and we all have different markets, so things work differently in different places. But it's really cool to like steal ideas from somebody who's doing something in another market and then bring that over here. 
um, and use that in our business. So, so it's, like it's been really fun. Real estate agents, Illuminati, essentially, right? Yes. But don't <laughs> tell anybody. This stays between us <laughs> and every listener on your podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling <laughs> I, got, I got you a little tipsy. I'm, yeah, dude. I'm sorry for bringing it, you nah, This is great. I, I drugged I'm, you. <laughs> it's, 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 it, I think it's only because I'm in an empty stomach, So, but I'll be all right. Uh, I was going to. Huh? What I was gonna ask you <laughs> is, what's like the biggest mistake you see in, in especially millennials, when the whole uh, home buying process? Um, I think not seeking out help really early on, like even before you're like thinking you can afford it. Like there's, it starts as like a little seed, and you're like, wouldn't it be great to buy a house? And then you start saving, and then you start working on your credit, and you're doing all of these things, but you don't have anybody in your back pocket, like telling you what to do or how to do it or like giving you advice so I think starting with a professional early on is best and then you build that relationship so that when you get in the thick of things you already have somebody on your team to help you um, you have somebody that you trust already that you feel like you're comfortable with um, I like to become like friends with my clients because I'm like we're going to spend a lot of time together we better freaking enjoy this right like let's get cozy up don't in be, here don't be in a rush yeah don't be in a rush like start early um, it's never too early and the other thing is a lot of young buyers don't know or buyers in general don't know that they don't pay my commission as a buyer's agent my the work that i do for you is completely free on your half the seller pays for both agents commissions so it comes out of their proceeds from the sale say they're making like four hundred thousand dollars on that sale they're going to pay a certain percentage to me and to the listing agent the seller's agent on the other side um so representation for a buyer is completely free for them um, so you should care about who represents you because you're, we're all getting paid the same. We're getting paid two and a half percent of whatever the purchase price is, typically. Sometimes it's two, sometimes it's three, but for the most part, we're getting paid two and a half percent of the purchase price. So that's the same whether you have me or you have some other agent or whatever. Um, so I think being picky on who you, and, and I tell my buyers this too, when I meet with them in person, I'm like, Hey, don't just talk to me, like go interview a bunch of different agents and like find somebody who you like and who you trust and who you feel like is going to keep it real with you. And cause we're all going to get paid at the end of the day from the seller. So like you should really decide, decide who you feel like you want to work with. Please don't go to any other agents. Please. Don't. Yeah, I know. I'm like, but by me telling <laughs> you this, I'm tricking you into working with me. Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's a part of like, you know, being the upfront and honest. It's like, if I, if I'm the one who's supposed to have this business, it will happen for me. Yeah. Um, I don't need to throw anybody under the bus, compete with anybody, um, keep things from people. Like, I think even just putting that up front, it builds trust between us. Cause they're like, Oh, she's telling me the truth. Right. Yeah. And so who are they going to work with, right? If they meet with another agent, that agent's probably not going to tell them that. Smooth and then they're going to be like, Felicia kept it real. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know when you're dealing with a crook. like a, You should know. You should, well, Some people don't know. True. Yeah, that's true. Some people are gullible. And yeah. clueless. Yeah. Yeah. What made you get into this? Because I had a friend who was a real estate agent in the city, and she told me she had a really bad experience growing up where her parents lost her house and ever since then she wanted to go on this like mission to help people mm -hmm. for you what, what was it that because it's it's a hard job to do dude like it's I'm, pretty I'm, hard yeah well we don't know when we're gonna get paid yeah so that's really hard so you have to trust that you're gonna do well you're because <laughs> yeah you have to go out and hunt the business like if yeah. you're not closing deals you're not getting paid and we might work you know 
50 hours in one week or something crazy and then nothing comes of it and you're like wow that was a waste but um so it's hard it's not for everybody um i think it's for people who like really believe that they're going to do well you have to have a lot of like confidence and um but back to your question i have a similar story my mom struggled when she bought her home in vallejo she went through multiple realtors one of the realtors even yelled at her like people were being super rude um and honestly that's kind of how it is sometimes at the lower price point and this is still like to this day um she bought her house in 09 so she got a killer deal she's built a lot of equity in it it's awesome um so i see that too i'm like whoa my mom like made something of herself right like she grew up dirt poor like holes in her shoes like struggling and now here she is with this home in vallejo and like she's built some equity for herself which is just amazing and i see the power in that so i want to help people do that um also my dad he had this sort of unrealized dream of to become a realtor he couldn't do it because he couldn't he had three daughters and he couldn't go commission-based right like you can't do that you can't just be like i'm gonna follow my dream and like who knows if i'm gonna make money right so he he had to stick with his construction jobs and um to support our family and so um when i found that out i was like whoa like that's crazy you just like gave up your thing because you had to take care of us because you guys were everything. Yeah, that yeah. that's how it works, right? When you have mm-hmm. kids, that's why I don't have any. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Does that is, is that really? Is that uh, I mean, it's true for now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I don't have enough right now to like live the life that I want and like raise a child. So yeah, I'm gonna put off on that for a little bit until because um, I get that question a lot from my because we're a big Mexican family, right? So everybody has kids. Yeah. And so I'm a freak of nature because I'm turning 30 and I don't have kids yet. Yeah. Um. But I'm like, I'm stacking, right? Like, I'm stacking. I'll get there, maybe. And if I don't, I don't. But, like, I want my kids to have a certain lifestyle. And so I'm not going to have kids if I can't do that. You know, our millennials um, are waiting longer and longer to have kids um, for various reasons. And and you sort of fall into that, uh, that, uh, we're saving, we're stacking. That's not there yet. Yep. That's because we see the apocalypse coming, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to raise my well, you children gotta have, into the world. You got to have children so you can, you know, feed them to the zombies when the zombies come. <laughs> That's my plan. Um, no, yeah, I agree with that. I think people are having kids later and later and later, and it's um, it's good and it's bad. But I mean, there's pluses and negatives to having kids, right? But um, I think anybody who has kids, ultimately, most people are like, that was worth it. Like, I'm glad I did that. So the other thing too is like, I was just telling somebody this, like, I don't, I don't know if I actually want, I think I want grandkids, but like, how do I skip, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, can I just skip the kids part and then I just have grandpa kids and I get to do the fun part of like feeding them too much candy. You hook up yeah. with an older guy who has, has kids. kids. There you go. Can... <laughs> High five. Air <laughs> <Air> five. <laughs> I like it. Um, you had a question earlier that you mentioned uh, about the market. Oh, um, yeah, I, I think you already asked that question. It was all about the housing, or it got brought up, the the, the big bubble that burst in the yeah. 2000s, mm-hmm. and she went right into that. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, so, yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen again. So if anybody's, like, freaking out, like, oh, my God, like, I'm like, nah, we'll be cool. I'll are be you fine. sure? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and even if it's not, well, you know what it is? Is that people really wised up the last time this happened? So there's like a ton of people waiting. There's like wait people waiting for that to happen. So right when it happens, they're gonna jump into the market and buy a bunch of property, mostly investors. Um, so the people I work with are gonna change. It's not gonna be these like, uh, you know, wealthy families coming over from San Francisco. It's gonna be like oh, investors from like other countries mm. um, or like other states or whatever. 
um, or even local investors. I think people who grew up here saw what happened and they're like, that should be me. Like I should be doing that. So if the market crashed, say there was like a big bubble burst or whatever and, and you know, homes went down and it was like this crazy thing, people would just jump in and buy everything, which makes the market competitive, which brings up the prices. So we kind of do it to ourselves sometimes when we're like, we're making a property so competitive that price is going to go up. So the Bay Area is always going to be a desirable place to live. We have the best, like, we have an amazing weather. We have diversity. We have culture. We have food. We literally have all the things, right? right. You can drive four hours and be in the snow, drive four hours the other way and be on the beach. Not even four hours, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's it's everywhere. Like, we can do anything. And we have the forest. We have, like, all the things. So this will always be a desirable place to be. And I think people really wised up the last time this happened. And so... Hopefully, if it happened again, it would be local people jumping on the deals and buying stuff because we know how great it is here. Yeah. But who knows? Do you see the? Do, do you see a trend of, or do you do you suspect there'll be a trend of uh, blue collar workers and stuff from the Bay Area, Richmond, Oakland, moving to Atlanta down south where houses are a little bit mm. more affordable for their price points? Yeah, that makes my stomach turn. Um, yes. Yeah, it's already happening. Um, we have a we have an influx of people moving to Portland um, because Portland also has amazing food, um, interesting culture, but there's just so many white people there. So I think it's hard for people of color to move anywhere else. Like me and my family, we've talked about like, what if we all just picked up, right? Like, cause not, I can't just go because my whole family's here. But what if everybody picked up and moved to another place? Even if we did that, we'd have each other, but we it's very hard for us to envision ourselves living somewhere where there's not other people of color around. Um, so I think that's going to play a factor. And so, yes, Atlanta, um, places that still have some culture there, I think that that's going to be, um, there's going to be an influx in those places. I mean, you know, for the price of a, a two bedroom, one bathroom here, you could get like a five bedroom with a pool, right? So it's, it's the quality of life. It, I think it depends on what you see as the quality of life. Like what matters the most to you? Do you care more about being here where there's like good weather good food like diversity all these things or do you care more about being comfortable in your home and for a lot of people who just stay in their house all day and never take advantage of living in the bay area i'm like why are you here right like that's fine just go move somewhere else you can do that anywhere like you could be happy anywhere if you are a homebody all you do is stay at home go to work go home go to school whatever you do you could do that anywhere so like why are you paying these ridiculous bay area prices but it's for a lot of us, it's because our family is here and our friends are here and yep. our community is here. And so it really breaks my heart to hear people moving to other places. Um, but we have such a low inventory here and we have such a, um, a housing crisis that that is actually needed for people to move to other states in order to make it more affordable here. And that is said, I, I grew up um, like when I was in elementary school, kid from age five to 12, I was in a small one-horse town called Monticello, Arkansas. I'm sorry. Shout, I love everyone there, but shout out the only the only Chinese food, the only oh, Asian no. restaurant we had was a place called the Fortune Cookie. How trite is oh. that? That looks like it's ripped right out of a 1960s wow. cartoon show, like Underdog walked into the Fortune Cookie, you know, and. <laughs> <laughs> so so like the, the the only the closest thing to Mexican food that I had encountered during my stay there was the Taco Bell. So you know moving wow. out here it was like 
oh my gosh, not only are there Chinese food places with actual Chinese names written on them, but there's like Burmese food and Indian food. There's museums. There's independent movies. What's that? You mean movies that Michael Bay hasn't made? (laughs) What's going on? Like, I am never going. I don't care. If I end up homeless and just have to like stack up change on the roadside to go to pay a museum ticket, I ain't leaving. <laughs> Speaking of homelessness, Never going oh back. my God. Uh, I was in Berkeley the other day, yesterday. And oh, you just, poor man. Yeah. And all these fucking tents. It's like it's getting bigger and bigger every time I drive by there in Oakland. Berkeley is, Berkeley. is crazy right now. Yeah. Um, you were telling me that like Fantastic Comics just had their rent raised to like 20 grand a month. Oh, a comic book store? Yeah. yeah. And my shop where I where my business is, there's just I'm just surrounded by all these closed up businesses. Nobody can afford to live in Berkeley. Nobody can afford to run a business in Berkeley. But you know what the comic book store owner told me? He said, Well, they had an agreement with the, the landlord and said, Well, if they can't find someone to take the place over in three months, and this was maybe a month ago or so that they could keep the spot and they're like wow. no one they, and they were discussing how even though they had a backup plan on where they were going to go a small little uh, hole in the wall attached to the trader joe's on university right like he said look we don't know what on earth someone's going to do here that you can't establish a restaurant to generate that kind of money because they don't have the right setup like the kitchen the ele- yeah. there's no kitchen there's no the, the electrical setup and the that's going to be put that. on the tenant to build the kitchen right the owner's like if you want to make a restaurant cool go ahead add so, all these things to my property and make my property worth more exactly and you pay for it so so they're like no one's gonna take this place over i mean maybe an apple store and i said well yeah there's an apple store on fourth street do you really need to <laughs> you know yeah. like yeah you kind of do it's man. really busy yeah and like <laughs> forever just, to get an appointment there and, and, and we just had like new property owners take over the the building that our business is in and we've been there since like 95 and they tried to like raise our rent to some astronomical uh-huh price and charges for our parking spot in the garage and all this oh, stuff shit. and uh my boss is pretty savvy because apparently he just like pointed to all the abandoned businesses and was like they've been out since 2014 they've been out since 2012 they've been out since 2016 they've been out since 2011 and just told the new property owners it's up to you whether you want rent every month or not because i'm not paying that price and then they back down and let us stay at our current rent wow Bro, that's some gangster ass shit dog good for him <laughs> sometimes yeah. you gotta confront greed head on you know, yeah. but it is it is crazy. These prices are astronomical. So that's what I see with all that all that shit going on and doing what you do. You gotta be a fucking killer to be out it's, there. It's hard, and it's hustling, you know what's man. hard too is like navigating the conversation. Like even being able to talk about this is difficult, right? Because we're mm-hmm. talking about like tenants' pockets or landlords' pockets or mm-hmm. my pockets or whoever. Like whose money are we talking about? Um, and that's hard, right? Because we, you know, I grew up being a tenant all the time. I'm still a tenant. I still don't even own. And I sell real estate here. And I don't own property. Um, you mean you don't have five houses? <laughs> <laughs> I do not have five houses yet. Um, no, but I, you know, I grew up thinking like one of these days I'm going to buy like an investment property here with like a duplex or yeah. like a, I want to buy like a whole condo building, right? <laughs> but you can't really do that here anymore because even if you had the money to afford it, the rents don't make sense. The money doesn't add up. It's mm. it's kind of a terrible place to invest um, unless you're going to just live in it, um, just buy a house and live in it. Because you, you, we have so many rent control laws here that really, really help the tenants. 
mm-hmm. um, but it's helping the wrong tenants. Like there are certain people who we need to keep here, mm-hmm. but there are also like, there's like people who um, work at a tech company in San Francisco, been living in their place for 10 years and they make money. Like they are stacking and they're paying rent that they could afford from 10 years ago because it hasn't been raised because there's so many laws, right? So we're protecting the wrong people here. I almost think that we need to make it like income-based or something. Like we need to know who is, who deserves to have these rent control units and who needs to get out and pay the market rent, right? Because you're, I mean, it's just terrible, like. Like Monica from Friends, living (laughs) in your grandma's apartment. Oh my gosh. So I I used to work for uh, a public access TV station in Berkeley and we would cover like city council meetings all the time. And when Alameda County was passing like all their rent control stuff, we were just there from like 8 to 1 a.m. just doing all these city councilmen. So I would hear both sides of the argument when they were trying to pass rent control. And a lot of the things property owners were saying is like we're not greedy like our property tax is going up because the property value is going up we're not charging more because we're greedy we're charging more because our bills are going up yeah so everything's more expensive it's hard yeah. for them too it like doesn't even make sense anymore to rent out your you what we're having is like people who can afford to buy here are buying property but then they can't rent it out because it doesn't make sense yeah. so now instead they're selling the property and you have tenants who can't afford to move anywhere it's just it's a mess. So then they lose the property and it goes to the bank. and then Yeah, and then now we're like, okay, well, now what? They're going to put it on the market for even more expensive now. Yeah. It's worth more now. And so the only people who can afford that are the probably the people who didn't grow up here. Like, yeah. it's sad but true. That's why we're all leaving to Antioch. We're just like, fucking... yeah, I <laughs> yeah. know. I'm like, do I have to work in Antioch? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, there's a I lot mean, There's a lot of opportunity over there, right? There is. It's affordable. They, You have big houses. Um, the, you know, the crime rate's going down a little bit. Um, you might want to check out Brentwood if you're thinking about going to Antioch. Yeah, I have a um, <laughs> Brentwood. I think yeah. about I think about that sometimes because, you know, I, I, I want to buy a house, but when I think about where... And I, I look I look up uh, Zillow very often, yep. and I just kind of you know look around. I really think I don't know. I I just I'd hate to move this from this area. Like I really appreciate my parents coming from Mexico, you know, all the way over here from Mexico. Like me, I wouldn't even move to Antioch <laughs> <laughs> for a better life. You're yeah, like, nah, nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need that thirty minute drive just to get you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. No, I mean, it's different for everybody. Like, I have a a client who's going to buy next year in 2020. She's been stacking for hell long. Um, young female. She's going to move to Antioch. And I'm like, you know, I don't usually work in Antioch or Brentwood, but I'm like, I'll do it for you yeah. because, like, I like it. And I, th- I believe in what you're doing. Like, yeah. she wants to buy a big house where her family can live, her mom can live, like, all this stuff. And I'm like, that's pretty dope. Like, you're trying to start, like, a new thing for your family. I'll dr- fucking drive to Antioch for you. Um but it's hard for us, right? Because like my price point is way higher out here, yeah. and I live I live in Oakland, so and Oakland's prices are crazy. So I'm like, it's a good place to be in. Um, but yeah, I'm actually partner. hoping to work more like in <clears throat> Richmond, um, Vallejo. Even though the price points are way lower, um, it seems like the clients are a little bit like easier to work with, mm-hmm. like kinder or like just yeah. listen to me. You know, like in Richmond, yeah. Because they know you, maybe? I don't know. I think they maybe <laughs> trust me because I'm from there. I yeah. don't know. Um, there is a level of trust, right? That you're, I mean, I get that in Oakland too because I live there. So it's like, okay, you live here, you know the market. Yeah. I do know it really well. But um, it's also the agents on the other side, like the agents that are working in the lower price points are just not as top notch. So um, 
I think it's an important place to work if you do know what you're doing because those those are the people who need the representation, right? They've never read a legal contract before. They have no idea what all this mumbo jumbo is and they need people who can break it down in like a layman's terms, like human to human, person to person. Like I just want to talk to you like how I would describe it to somebody in my family. That's how I want to describe it to my clients. And I think the people in Richmond and Vallejo, those are the people who need that the most. Um, because it's just harder to get and then the agent on the other side is usually pretty crappy and that kind of sucks because you have to work with them throughout the transaction to get it done and it's hard to work with people who don't care about their jobs and who are just like whatever it's like a two hundred thousand dollar property who cares um but yeah i don't know it's where it's most needed so that's kind of where i'm feeling pulled yeah even though i'll have to do twice as much work because the price point's a lot lower so stuff I'll still take those million yeah. dollar houses though. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you ever work? <laughs> you ever work in yeah, El Cerrito? If I'm free, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm closing one on Monday in El Cerrito. Um, it's a two bedroom, one bathroom. Uh, closing price of seven eighty five. Wow. What a deal! And everybody's like, "Wow, that's great! You got them a great deal!" And I'm like, "I did get them a great deal What's for nice? El Cerrito. It's a two bedroom, two bedroom, one bathroom, one car garage." Um, yeah, it's kind of nuts. So everybody's like, that's great. You did a great job for your clients. And I'm like, yeah, they're getting a good price in El Cerrito, but that's still absolutely absurd that you're spending 785 on a two-bedroom house. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. The first offer that I ever put in for a client was for $1.1 million, and it was a two-bedroom, one-bathroom in Oakland. And this is Oakland. We don't have good public schools. This is like, mm-hmm. we're not talking about Piedmont. We're talking about <laughs> right. a two-bedroom, one-bathroom house in Oakland I put an offer in for 1.1. It went way over. We didn't even get it. We that, didn't even get it. That's here. 801. Oh, my gosh. Wait, how big is this place? Okay, so we got a five-bedroom, four-bathroom in Pinole, um, almost 3,000 square feet. Uh, the estimate is 800,000. And then seven. And that's in Pinole. 780 what? 785 in El Cerrito for two bedrooms. So that's the price difference, and it's about a 15-minute drive from here to El Cerrito. That's fucking crazy, dude. And that's the price difference. It's the same. Yeah. Like you're paying the same for a five bedroom here than you would for a two bedroom in El Cerrito. Five minute drive, literally. Yeah, it's crazy. That's that kind of discourages some. It's discouraging. It's discouraging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Unless you're trying to sell your house. I understand. Oh yeah. And then it's really exciting. (laughs) I'm I'm closing out this Mariah Carey instrumental as we speak, and I'm googling my own house. I'm going to show you. (laughs) Oh, I forgot we we were going to sing. We were going to sing. Well, the good thing is that I'm on my second mimosa now, so so I'm good to go. I'm ready to sing. (laughs) Also, I recently had to learn the entire Mariah Carey um, Christmas song. Um, because we're doing like this uh, um, carpool karaoke style mashup from realtors all over California. Oh, nice. So it's going to be cool. I'll be featured. I'll make sure to show it. And you yeah, yeah. Can... We could put a link on there yeah. once we can once Just comment on there out. like, oh my gosh, Felicia sounds just like Mariah Carey. This is amazing. Like, hype me up, you know? Help help me out. You recently got engaged, if I'm not mistaken. <gasps> I did not. Oh, shit. My bad. I recently have a boyfriend. Oh, that's oh, what I that's saw. What it was. He's, Close enough. he's new. He wishes we got engaged. <laughs> He would be so lucky. My bad. I thought. Um, I no, he's amazing though, and it's it's actually kind of funny because we work together. He's a loan officer. Oh, okay. Um, so he does loans. I sell houses. It's like a match made in heaven, right? Oh yeah. Um, match made in real estate heaven. Um, so that's kind of interesting because we've been working together for like three years, and um, dipping your pen in the company ink. <laughs> now I have to tell clients, right? Like, hey, this is the lender that I'm recommending to you, but just he's so hot. you know. <laughs> 
I'm also sleeping with him. No. <laughs> Just so you know, he's my partner, not in business, but also in life. Oh, yeah, so it's yeah. it's an interesting, uh, most people don't care, but um, you know, I feel like I might be a little bit biased, but also he, he was the one I recommended before we started right, dating. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of weird. Like, who's saying you, Felicia? Um, yeah, yeah. Approved. <laughs> if you want a good deal. <laughs> uh, no, oh, yeah, shit. no, it doesn't quite work like that. Um, okay. But I like to keep things fair. The way I do it for clients is I recommend three different lenders. Yeah. And I say, speak to all three. Um, same thing with realtors, right? Like, speak to a bunch, see which one you trust, see which one you feel comfortable with, which one gives you the most education, because that's what you're here for. You're here to be educated. Um, and then go from there. And also, like, obviously, who gives you the best interest rate? But, like, mm -hmm. in the long run, in the Bay Area, you won't get the house if you don't work with a good lender. So it doesn't even matter if you get the best um, interest rate ever. Like, say you go with, like, Chase or Wells Fargo or whatever, you get the best interest rate. It's awesome. It's such a good deal. You're going to be, like, saving, like, 50 bucks a month. Um, but you won't get your offer accepted because we don't want to work with them. Mm -hmm. Like the listing agent, the agent that's representing the seller is going to tell the seller like, hey, Wells Fargo sucks. Don't work with them. Um, you need to work with like a local lender. We don't want to accept this offer. You're out, right? And then you just won't get a house. And yeah. now you're screwed. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. like yeah. what's the point of saving 50 bucks a month if you don't have right. any, like you won't get it. Um, so we try to steer clients to working with local lenders. Also, it just keeps the money local. Um, we like to support local businesses and I think that's really important as like uh, connectors in the, in the in our community right that's what our job kind of is is to connect people with other people um, or connect them with their houses it's like we want to keep the money local we want local mm -hmm. companies to represent us um, everything goes a lot more smoother you're not gonna have to wait um, for documents that need to ship from or like, that you need to get from like another state super far away because that's where their headquarters is or whatever there's a lot of reasons why but um, so I always like give them a few options and I'm like see which one you like best I like all three it doesn't matter to me who you work with my boyfriend probably doesn't like that I do that but <laughs> right because like what lender wants you to be like go right. ahead and check out other yeah. lenders like this one's cute um, by the way yeah but this one's the hottest <laughs> so you'll love him <laughs> is it easier to buy a house now with like a lower credit score um I'm so <laughs> I'm over here crossing my fingers. Yeah, he's like, please tell please me that tell I could me. buy a house. Um, there are a lot of programs that will allow you to have a lower interest score. So the so your credit score doesn't matter as much as you think it does. Like you'll get a little bit of a lower interest rate, but it doesn't matter as much as you think. Okay. Hmm. Um, and a good lender will be able to tell you over the phone like what they think you can afford, and then they will get they will put you on a program to do better. Like if they're like. Yeah, you can afford this, but in a year, if you do these things, you can afford this. So even just like getting that advice from them, and they're happy to do that because maybe it'll amount to business later, right? Whenever you are ready, hopefully you'll go back to that same person. So the <laughs> lenders that I recommend are very big on like educating, which is my main thing. I'm like, mm -hmm. all I want to do is like educate the shit out of you. I'm going to shove all this stuff down your throat, right? Like you're going to learn this whether you like it or not. And then when you're ready, you'll come to me because you remembered that I helped you, yeah, right? Yeah. Even when you couldn't afford, I was the one who stuck by your side and helped you. And the lenders are the same way. So you guys are like the Jay-Z and Beyonce of the of the real estate. I mean, world. basically. Yeah, okay, all right. That, that makes sense. It's essentially, the, it's like a, a personal trainer of finances. What, there what you the go. Lender does, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, because I the process. I've never. I like that. I've never actually talked to a real estate agent about 
I want to buy a house because yeah, don't a, do that because then they're gonna be yeah. calling you and emailing you all the time. Yeah. Um, unless it's me, talk to me. I just moved from out of town <laughs> and I want to be a star. You know, like it's it's that. So um, that's I mean my credit it's better than it was before and and, and you're I, doing a lot of work on yourself. Yeah, it's hard. Take it easy, though. Give yourself a break. Pour another glass. It's fine. Yeah, he's eating as we speak. <laughs> so let me let me ask: um, how 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 accurate are uh, real estate websites like? Um, oh, you little angel. Zillow dot com. Yes. Which I looked up my own property on um, just now. And do you feel like it's accurate? Well, you tell me. You're the expert. Take a look. This what we got here. You guys want to know what he has? I'll say his address. It's two. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wait. Okay. So you have a house in El Cerrito. Awesome. It's a three bedroom, two bathroom, um, a little over 1,700 square feet. Oh, beautiful. You got views. This looks like oh, it has yes. views. All the views. Um, the estimate for this is 849. This is this is actually low, in my opinion. I was thinking that. I think yeah. it's a little low. So my neighbor you, cleared one for like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to say. Do you know? Say it, say it, say it's it. It's like a million. Yes. Like 1.5. Really? Good for you, dude. the street, my neighbor. Yeah. When did you buy this? Oh, my grandparents bought it back in like years ago. Yes. This house Keep it in the fam. You on the wheel, so. bro? <laughs> I'm not going to get into all that right now. <laughs> but I'm the only grandchild and the only child. Oh, yeah. He's oh, cool. yeah. So even if I wasn't Wait, on the Wait, do they have a will? Because I know going. an estate planner if they need one. Because they need to get this. A lot of people don't do it and they just assume it's going to be passed down. It gets really complicated if you don't create a trust. So you need a living trust. Um, if you guys need somebody, hit me up. I'll send you their information. But oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I think this is a little low, in my opinion, um, because we were the clients that I just were closing on Monday. Um, their top price was eight fifty. That's how high they could have went, and we were looking at two bedrooms. And so you have a three bedroom, two bath. That's awesome. You will get more for that. We um, also have a study that my grandfather oh, uh, so sweet carved out downstairs where we have our washer and dryer. So it's like a separate room in there. There's bookshelves and stuff set up. So if somebody oh, wants I to, I love that. Yeah, that is so sweet. There's like a lot of little touches like that that people can add to their properties to add some value. Um, but Zestimates, um, so every realtor who is actually involved in the industry hates Zillow. It's like yeah. um, our nightmare, right? Because it's where clients go to get their information and we want you to come to us. I'm like, come to me for the information. I will tell you. I will send you legit information. I will send you everything that's sold in your neighborhood over the last six months. And I know which streets to look on because I know which street is similar to your street. Like, I don't want you to just look at a giant radius of like, all of El Cerrito, because all of El Cerrito is not the same, right? Like all of any city is not the same. It depends block by block by block. And that's not what Zillow does. They can't do that. It's a system. It's not a person, right? It's not somebody using their brain and their local knowledge to make these decisions. Um, so those estimates are usually wrong. And that's hard because then we have to do work, right? That's making my job harder because my seller comes to me and they're like, my property's worth 900000 And I'm like, sorry, boo, 850 at the most, right? So it's it's hard because now we're having to adjust their their mindset to what we know the market is doing um, because we are working in the market actively and locally and like we're here right we're in it every day um whereas zillow is a huge company they cover the entire u.s that's not that's my that's source not. i'm sorry no it's okay it's okay <laughs> but just when you get to that point where you're going to sell your house or you're going to buy a house yeah. like just know that your realtor might tell you something different mm -hmm. and they're not being shady they're being honest like it's it's just a s system yeah. right it's like 
it's an estimate. It's that's why they call it a zestimate because it's totally an estimation. They don't actually know what's going on in your market. Um, so I would say the Redfin estimate is a little bit um, um, better, but please don't also work with Redfin. <laughs> <laughs> only you, um, Felicia. Mas. Yes. So, so something that I can provide a value is like we have our own system that is like a home search site. Um, and it links directly to my license number. Hmm. So um, when you represent a seller and you're putting in the property stuff, right? You're like, it's a three bedroom, it's a two bathroom. You put in the address into our MLS system, the listing service. Um, you have to select a button that says, share it to all of the other things, like share it to Zillow, share it to realtor.com, like share it to these things. Um, if that realtor doesn't push that, you're not seeing those properties on Zillow. Those just don't pop up. Um, so if you're a seller and you're working with an incompetent agent and they don't put it on all the sites, which you should have it on all the sites, right? Cause you want the most eyes on it. Um, as a consumer, as a buyer and you're going on Zillow.com, there's some properties that you just won't see on there. They just won't pop up for you. Um, because you need to get a direct feed from our licenses. So we're the only ones who could see everything that's available on the marketplace. Um, so I hook I hook my buyers up with like a home search site thing. We have an app. It's like this whole, um, it's cool. If you like a property, I get to see what you like. You can write comments in there and I can see it without you having to text me or email me. Um, so that's, that's a little thing of value that I can add to clients. But at the end of the day, I say, if you really like Zillow and you're used to it, just continue to use that. It's fine. Just know that when we get to that point, I might be like, sorry, this is worth this, you know? Yeah. Um, because I want to make it easy for people and I don't want people to have to learn a whole new system. Like if you're used to using Zillow, which we all are, like that's exactly what I used before I got my license. And you see what's available. I mean, that's, that's, the yeah, that's, thing. yeah, that's more important. Like right. whatever's going to help you keep it easy, just yeah. do that and it's fine. But, yeah. What I, what I see in, in another thing, I forgot to mention this. I see people like our age and our age group either buying houses in, in Antioch or completely restoring like, beat up houses in the hood mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking mm -hmm. about like those like in north richmond there's a lot of new like they used Arf. to be abandoned yeah yeah and now is that something that you see as a so this is true i i actually really enjoy helping people see a vision of like what a home could be um because when you're representing a seller you go into the house and you're like we're going to make the most money possible. We're going to fix everything up. We're going to paint these cabinets. We're going to give you new countertops. And I will do that for sellers. Like I'll go in and do all the work myself. Like I will hire the contractors and I will hire the people to bring in the staging furniture. And that way we'll make more on the, on the purchase price and I'll make more on my commission, right? Because the house is going to sell for more. So I'm going to make more if I'm representing a seller. So to buyers, I say, try to look past all that crap. Like you can do that yourself and save the money. Um, you don't need to pay a higher purchase price just because you want all these things to be this way. You should just buy a crappy property, fix it up yourself. Um, but there are certain things that I would be like to try to avoid. Like, you know, you don't want to do the big ticket stuff like foundation. Um, sometimes roofs can be really expensive if it's like super pitched. Yeah. Um, just certain things like that. It's like you might want to avoid that if you're a first time buyer and like you don't have a ton of cash set aside to like do all these big renovations. Um, but that is true. I think, you know, you look at you look at places like North Richmond or um, East Oakland, East Oakland, yeah. um, West Oakland. Like you look at the hood, the traditionally hood places and you're like, you know, these properties are popping up and they're like looking really cute. And then you're like, but it's still in the hood. Right. So like it's, it's going to take a long time to get there. But I, what I say to those buyers moving into those neighborhoods is just be sensitive and be careful because you are you, it's likely that you may have 
there was a family that lived that got displaced. Something probably sad happened there mm-hmm. where they couldn't afford their home. They lost their home. That's a sad thing. House is um, haunted. Yeah, kidding. or it's haunted or somebody <laughs> died. You know, like there's something yeah. going oh, on. Oh, you get that a lot, I'm yeah. sure, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. People, so so legally, let me tell you this. You, if you're a seller, you only have to disclose if somebody died in your house within the last three years. Mm. So people ask me like, did anybody die here? And I'm like, they didn't in the last three years. Like, but they probably did 10 years ago. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. We don't know. We don't keep track of that. Like, and sometimes that's a deal breaker for people, which I think is hilarious. And I love that. But I, I, it's, I don't care. They're- Somebody could have died yesterday and I'm like, cool, they'll hang out with me. You know, like, cool. They died at home. That's great. Like, that's good for them if yeah, they died at home. That's true. Usually. The reason I ask, it's funny. Depends that- on how. Depends these, on how, yeah. These guys run a, a horror anthology show, Frosted Mini Fears. So we're always including Wait, horror really? into the into the conversation. Ooh. See, the music video he brought up earlier was actually also used as an episode for our channel, Frosted Mini Fears. Is the ho- not the Halloween special, but it we were talking about possibly making it the Halloween special. But a, 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 a much more interesting film for the Halloween special. Okay, I need Ooh. to see what this is all about because I love horror stuff. Oh, I'm really? all about it. Well, that was what I was going to ask, like, because I know what it was like two, three years ago, the Amityville uh, property was sold. And I just think like, fuck about that shit, man. Like some creepy motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you get that some a lot when weirdos. you said, you said uh, oh, I don't want to buy it. You know, everything's bought a phone place. Like, yeah, I like the price. I like the, the, the house. Everything's perfect. Yeah. And they're like, like I- someone died here two years ago. <laughs> oh, shit. Some. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That totally happens. Or like um, properties that sell that are across the street from like a cemetery. People yeah. don't like that. So your your value is going to go down. But you know that when you buy it. Right. It's right. like. The cemetery was already there. You moved in here knowing that you're not going to sell it for as much as your neighbor on the other block. That that has have you ever heard of that ruining a wholesale like uh, a murder happened or something like that? And well, so we usually know that up front. So like you know you you get these disclosures from the seller. It's anything that the seller has to legally disclose yeah. to you. So it's like, is there any neighborhood noise? Has anybody died in the property in the last three years? Like. It's things like that. So, uh, you know, did you have a rat problem or whatever? You have to disclose that as a seller. If you don't, you can get sued. So like that's our job to help them disclose that. Yeah, because later you could be like the seller knew this, right? Mm -hmm. What often happens is like the seller doesn't disclose that there's a leak and that there's water pooling near the foundation. And then um, the next year comes around when it starts raining and then your buyer calls you and they're like, there's a leak everything's fucked up i looked it looks like they fixed it they tried to paint over it they did like some shady stuff you can sue that seller That's what because they us. didn't disclose yeah. that that happened, happened to you guys with, when when they lost the house before they lost it um there was a leak in the roof and something in the contract that the real estate agent had to actually get someone out there to wow yeah yeah, yeah yeah that happens that happens a lot um sometimes it's not worth it because you do have to pay for attorney fees and all that to sue the seller but um, so oftentimes it's like, sorry, as a home buyer, this is something you have to cover. Yeah. Um, but speaking to a real estate attorney can really help make that decision. And if anybody needs one, I also have a great attorney. So, Damn, so you're, you're connected. That's kind of our point. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, you have to come to me to get all yeah. the contacts, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. keep in contact with me. Don't forget about me. Right. We want to stay top of mind at all, all, at all times. So it's important for me to connect with other local businesses that, um, we might be able to help each other out because they might know somebody who needs to buy or sell and then I might know someone who needs their legal advice, right? So it's full circle. All right. So let me let me ask you this. Um, right now, me and my girlfriend are like staying with family. Cute. Right, she is. So we're, 
we're looking at like getting our own place but mm-hmm. like with the way the market is rents are so high it's like well we might as well just buy a place that's practically a mortgage payment yeah. so in your opinion with the way things are now would it make sense to skip the renting process and just jump straight to home buying or rent and try to save on the side like mm. what's your professional opinion i my professional opinion is to stay with your folks as long as you possibly can i really regret not moving back in with my mom but i couldn't do that like i just couldn't i was like but if you're already there stay there as long as you can until you have enough saved up for your down payment we're actually seeing that a lot with our generation with millennials they're moving back in with their parents they're saving a ton of money and then they're going and making their own investments i think we really wised up to that like Mm -hmm you know, we know that we need to save money and paying somebody else's mortgage while you're like, because you're paying rent, that's not going to help your bottom line. And that's just going to make you struggle longer. And it's going to take you even longer to buy a house. So if you can put up with it, stay with your folks as long as possible, um, save up that money, build your credit, do all the things and then buy your own place. Um, and what I'm kind of advising people too is like, if you're comfortable living with other people, why don't you buy like a single family house and rent out the rooms, like get Mm -hmm. some roommates or like, so there's a lot going on in like the East Bay with like building ADUs in your backyard. So that's an accessory dwelling unit. So it's a separate little, it's kind of like a tiny home, right? Mm-hmm. That you put in your backyard. Um, what is awesome and what I think is like super smart is if you buy as a young person or a young couple or even like an older person, a lot of seniors prefer living in those small homes too. They're comfortable with that. I'm buying like a single family house, say it's like a three bedroom, two bathroom, and then adding an accessory dwelling unit to the back where it's like a studio or one bedroom little tiny home live in that one and rent out the main house because the main house is going to build the most you know the most rent right because you can charge a lot for a three bedroom Um, so renting out the main house living in the small house in the back until you outgrow that right as a young couple we're we're okay living in a one bedroom for a while Um, and then when you know you're ready to have kids or you need more space or whatever it is moving into the big house and renting out the back house Um, we're also seeing that generationally with um you know, a young couple buying a home, building a house out back for their parents um, or having the parents live in the main house and you live in the back house and then you switch when they become seniors and you have kids. Um, So I think in the Bay Area specifically, we need to get super creative with our living situations because there's just not enough space here for how many people want to live here. So we need to make the room for them. Um, We also, as a city, like each city needs to make the rules a little bit easier for people to build on their property. Um, we have a lot of building restrictions here. It's really hard to get permits. Like everything is difficult. It takes so long. It costs so much money. So people just aren't building and that's exactly what we need. We need people to build here. So like if you have a big backyard, like you need to do what you can to like build something in the backyard because you can rent that out and that's going to be huge income for you. Um, it's something like if every property in Berkeley who has a big enough backyard to build an ADU, if we did that, we would have like thousands of more units like that would help so much with our housing crisis like because i don't know about you guys but i'm totally cool living in a studio like i do not care like that is fine for me as long as i get to stay in the bay area (laughs) we're sitting here in jd's amazing studio this is great like this is exactly what produced it's a studio in multiple meanings yeah we never mentioned where this is so, <laughs> so this yeah, is being just, filmed in your studio, yeah. which has a bed for him to sleep in, a, a full-size studio I where I sit here. very comfortably on this couch, <laughs> yeah. um, and it also has a um, stage for um, playing music. I don't know if you're musically inclined, but it looks like there's some instruments in the corner. Set, this set. is also a boxing um, gym, <laughs> so you could do some boxing here. She's selling right now. <laughs> selling see right how now. good? It's good. It's amazing. I see you have double paned windows and a security gate. That is perfect. 
<laughs> I get into some shit, so you know. Don't forget the bathroom. The bathroom. You also oh, yeah, have tiled floor. Oh, you have a bathroom. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're not <laughs> pooping good, in the yard. Right, yeah. yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> um, no, no, no. But uh, yeah, living in the studio. I mean, I eventually would like to buy a house. Is it's just, especially my parents are getting older. You know, I got immigrant parents, so mm-hmm. I can't really move out anyways because I'm, you know, they're they're. Yeah, immigrant parents don't have those fancy, you know, like Reti- <laughs> pensions retirement or retirement plans. plans. Yeah, so um, for someone like me, I would need to get kind of a big, especially if I want to have kids. So that's why it's it's yep. very complicated. For, it is complicated. Right now, it sounds yeah. like Antioch might be a good place for you. <laughs> um, no, but t- uh, touching Jesus. on that a little bit, there's I think it's something like eighty percent of millionaires are first time millionaires. Yeah. So if you come from a low income family or an immigrant family, like you can make some shit happen. Yeah. Like eighty percent of those people out there who are millionaires who have made millions of dollars, they didn't come from anything. So I don't want people to feel discouraged or like shit, we gotta take care of our family, right? Like we know we have to take care of our family. That's something that's like ingrained of <coughs> and especially us in our culture and, mm-hmm. and Mexican culture, that's what you do, right? You grow up, you you all just shift. It shifts who you, who's taking care yeah. of who. Um, and it sounds like you have that like top of mind, which is great, but it is stressful when you're in the Bay area. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the, with the price of living, it goes up every day, yeah. you know, food and yep. yeah. If someone wants to get in touch with you by listening to the podcast, how can they contact you to, um, to ask you questions about buying homes? I know you gotta, you gotta head out soon. Yes. My, um, so my favorite platform in the world is Instagram. Mm-hmm. I love Instagram. I have a problem. Hey, <laughs> um, so you can find me at at fell that's f-e-l dot m-a-r-e-s that's my last name or just search felicia modest and i should pop up there um or just look in your friends group and you can probably find me you can also reach me on instagram but i, I mean on facebook but i might not respond for a while because facebook is just like so it's just a mess it's like now. it's confusing it's i don't even know how to use it i feel old really? i'm like how do i even oh, okay. there's some sometimes i get a message on there i'm like damn i missed this it was like three months ago like i don't know what's going on so best place to reach me is on instagram um obviously email text phone call whatever you can go to felicia modest.com f-e-l-i-c-i-a-m-a-r-e-s.com cool yes you guys got any Final questions. We're good. We're good. Oh, we're good. Thank you. thank you very much for coming. Yeah, you thank, you for else coming. You thank, thank you for coming. Thank you so much. Um, can I just say I didn't even know we were recording the podcast. Oh, we yeah. never. We were like we just started talking. This is amazing. I love your studio. <laughs> it's super comfortable. Thank you for indulging me with some drinks. This has been thank great. Thank you for that. Thank you for inviting me. I love how comfortable you guys make people feel and. Um, I feel very honored to have been here today and to chat with you lovely folks and I hope I see you again and then hopefully it doesn't t- I don't even know how I know you actually it's one of those things if anybody's from <laughs> Richmond you just know that you know people where yeah. is it we went to school you know, together if no no I, I, I don't want to say his name on the oh air, okay but you know everyone in Richmond has slept with someone in Richmond yes. usually and you, you know you you meet people you know yes you do it's, it's so <laughs> that, yeah that's why I'm like everybody looks familiar right but I'm yeah. like how do I know you yeah. I don't even know anymore but it's one of those things sometimes I see people on the streets and I'm like I think I used to ride the bus with you every day like you just see people yeah, that you recognize yeah, I've seen you at Port um, but I, I really appreciate what you're doing especially for people who come from Richmond I think it's really important to highlight that um, and I want to encourage you to continue doing that even if you feel like it's not going anywhere and it's taking a lot of energy and time and effort I think it's super worth it because I think everybody who grew up 
where we grew up is very um, happy and prideful and we love oh, yeah. we love our community so I think it's important that you're highlighting that and I really appreciate what you do thank you well I appreciate that usually we do this off camera so we don't get emotional on the air don't but cry I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I appreciate it and thank you for coming um, like I feel like we should rename the show to people teach JD things you know because I learned <laughs> so much from, from talking to us. so um so the moral of the story is if you ever have questions, yes. start a podcast and just invite and just, people yes. on yes. so you can get free knowledge. Exactly. No, better than that, if you have questions, just listen to our podcast. Because you you'll just you learn everything have, you need to know. Right. Yeah. It's like, what is it? Paraphrase Jay-Z. We do that. So hopefully y'all don't have to do that. Uh-huh. Love it. Doesn't get better than that, man. Thank you. We're out. Thank All you. Right. Thank you.